Okay, welcome back. Paul Unger, editor of Placetech here. Uh, today I'm joined by Harry Mayala, CEO and founder of GBuilder. Hi, Harry. Hi, Paul. Uh, GBuilder is a uh, BIM-compatible collaboration platform for property developers and construction companies. It digitalizes the interaction between customers, project teams, and construction sites. Uh, with functionalities such as material choices and options, configurations with 3D and VR visualizations, change requests, communication, documentation, and more. And uh, GBuilder is is market proven to enhance customer experience, increase efficiency, quality, revenue, and decrease waste and emissions. Uh, To get in touch with Harry and his team, email hello at gbuilder.com. Um, so we'll we'll start uh, at the beginning. Tell us a little bit about your story, Harry, and why you set up GBuilder. All right. Yeah, I was just listening to the introduction. That's a mouthful. So uh, we do do a lot, and I think that's one of the the root causes why uh, we founded GBuilder in 2013. Because uh, my background actually comes from construction. I'm I'm a second third generation entrepreneur second-generation construction company owner and first-generation uh, contact founder. And uh, I think it was 2004 when I, I, I actually have a degree from uh, Helsinki School of Economics in economics and tried to escape the family construction company, but one thing led to another and I ended up running the company for over a decade. And, um, you know, I, I keep repeating this, but, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, uh, it's really bad if you don't want to go to work the next morning because you're failing at your job because we really wanted to provide uh, as a residential builder a the best customer service and experience for our customers and then uh i i tried everything you know i i tried to you know the classic ones the emails the google sheets the you know whatever uh, simple configurators you can have and so on but what i realized early on that the customer journey is not just about the end users or the tenants or the whoever is buying the property it's everybody that is related to that construction process and the customer journey so i needed to start think about my own crew at the construction side my material providers subcontractors and everybody else involved so we, we couldn't just have like a you know, customer journey starting from, uh, from uh, you know, uh, hi, how are you doing? Sign the deed. And then next time we'll see you at the handover. So uh, this was really unfair for not just for the end users, the home buyers, but also for my crew, like I said, that they were not getting the right information at the right time. And uh, we were basically all failing. So I, I, I started looking for a better solution. And uh, I was uh, at lunch with one of my uh, advisors, and he actually founded a GAT solution company in 1985. And uh, he started talking to me about BIM, and I was like, I never heard of it. This was 2012-13. Uh, no, no one knew what BIM was, except the guys that who actually had a GAT solution company. And uh, he showed me, and I was like, oh my God, this is it. I mean, like, this is the common language that we I've been looking for. This is the one single source of truth and, you know, whatever all these terms, uh, of course, in Finnish came to my mind. And uh, I started thinking like, okay, we need to do something with this. And uh, I think one thing led to another and uh, it became, it's actually now <laughs> quite a lot bigger than the construction company in uh, in, in many ways nowadays. And uh, that's, that's how we started, 2013 to solve our everyday problems. We came out to the market 2015 
uh, and now we are expanding uh, across the Europe. And, and um, so, where do where do you operate, and who do you work with? Uh, at, at the moment, we are in 10 countries. Some of the countries are just starting, uh, including UK. And uh, some of the countries we've been already quite uh, long. Uh, in Finland, is uh, being our uh, home market. We are definitely the market leader over here. We're estimating that more than half built to sell uh, units are coming to the platform next year. Uh, our customers are the medium-sized and big uh, uh, builders and developers. Uh, we're, because my background is from residential, and renovation of residential units, uh, we've been heavily focused on that. So uh, if you look at the, the websites, uh, you can see a bunch of uh, very recognizable um, uh, references over there. Okay, that's fantastic. And, and, and what, what do you do for them then in terms of a customer journey? Is it, is it B2C? Is it the consumer? Is it, is it B2B in terms of organizing the project team? Just sort of uh, give us an example that brings it to life for people listening. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think like the easiest way to describe it, well, of course, it's to uh, B2B2C. So our customers are the builders and developers, and they're offering GBuilder usually mostly as a white label branded as their own solution. Uh, facing their own customers, which could be the tenants, the, the home buyers, or property investors that are buying, a, you know, investing on, in, in residential units. So I think the, the easiest way would be describing the customer journey. So that gives you something of, a, you know, the, the, the most obvious journey. So if you're buying a, a property from a residential builder or developer who's using our solution, you'll be facing GBuilder right away at their website with our uh, uh, high-definition 3D models that we're able to create uh, in real time from every unit being built on the platform. Then if and when you contact the salespeople, you might get access to the system where you get to have this uh, one window where you can see the the attachment information, you can communicate with the sales team, you can uh, decorate and see your home still in 3D, you see what material options there are available and whatever is, you know, if you are looking for, a, a, you know, upsells, uh, you know, like upgrades to your materials, you can already see them over there uh, if, if the builder developer wants to be this transparent. And then when you purchase this unit, you, you get to select uh, all these materials, but you, you can also request uh, upsells and uh, modifications for your home if the builder is offering this. We can manage uh, all these uh, in a secure way on the, on the platform. And uh, after that, uh, this information is processed uh, in real time within GBL platform and then pushed down to the, cha- uh, the production chain uh, uh, through the customer success team to the uh, customer service team, I mean, and then to the construction side where the site managers, the subcontractors, and whoever has uh, access to the GBuilder platform can view and see all this data in real time. And as I mentioned that we're being based, we know exactly how many square meters of each materials you have in each bathroom or in uh, how many square meters of wooden floor you have or how many kitchen cabinet doors or countertops, uh, how many square meters of countertops, uh, whatever is inserted in the BIM and uh, or visible in these visualizations, we can calculate. And this information is very crucial for the site crew, of course, because they can access that in real time. They can uh, print out and send the procurement lists and orders out directly from the systems with, uh, with few clicks you know, the job that usually took uh, days for them to do. 
But of course, we support other other pro, uh, you know processes related to the customer journey at the construction side. You know, communication between the site and the customer, even possible, and reporting issues and uh, receiving and updating documentations and so on. So there's a lot we cover. I don't want to go into the feature list because I think that's boring and no one wants to hear that <laughs> over here. But uh, it's it's really really comprehensive uh, solution that enables that that possibility that the end user is actually only having to upload or uh, use one solution to manage everything from the first contact all the way to the warranty period and handover, digital handover, and even beyond that. So, so in, t- in terms of how you measure the benefits, is it, is it in time? Is it in a cost saving? How, how would you sort of describe that? Yeah, I, th- I think this question comes up, especially when you talk to VCs. We just raised the the, the round uh, early this year from uh, actually from the UK and Belgium. Uh, it was something that is really not that easy to wrap your head around because it's not just that you know we can of course prove you that oh, all right you, you're saving ten hours at least face to face time and uh, with your customers, your site crew. You don't have to have three engineers full time calculating you know, quantities, you can have a uh, less resources or you can manage more projects with the uh, current resources. But then uh, those are really kind of something that we have been able to measure and we're we're getting a lot of good feedback on that, uh, you know, saving times part and just making your work more uh, easy and relaxing. So you, you actually like your work because you're comfort- comfortable that you know the data you're handling is accurate and real time. And uh, it was inserted there by the end users, actually. So if there's any mistake, you're not the one that making that, that mistake. But then comes the 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 the, the, uh, the the savings that are not that easy to calculate, which are like you are providing better customer service. We can we can we have been reported that plus twenty percent NPS increasing, and we know, and I personally know from my own experience that. You know, you were creating better customers' experience because you were being more transparent and you were not making mistakes. And there's the there's the third one, which is like really hard to measure that you are no longer making mistakes. At least the information is correct. They always some someone will always make mistakes. That's a given. But uh, at least the mistakes are not done due to the lack of information or due to the wrong information. And I think this is something that we see as a, even even more than, you know, uh, as added value, you know, saving time and saving cost in that sense. But we all know as a builder and developer, we know that the, the most painful uh, processes are those where you make mistakes and you have to, you know, re- fix that mistake and you have angry customers. And, you know, the expression that the bad news travel way, way, you know, more distance yeah. than the good news. People, people pass on, they tell 10 people about a complaint compared to two people exactly. about a success exactly. or something. I think it's um, the same in UK as it is in Finland, you know. <laughs> absolutely. That's human nature, unfortunately. So, yeah. so has it changed a lot over the years then? You've been going since uh, 2013, is, is and, or 2015 coming to market, I think you said. Has, has, how much has it, has it changed from where you started? Oh, you mean the industry or the product? Well, well, both really. Yeah, I mean, the yeah. context of the industry in which you you work and, and technology and real estate, but also how much has have you had to sort of learn from the the way people use it and, and adapt over the years? I, th- I think uh, we are lucky 
well, we're lucky in two ways. Uh, one is that we actually have the construction company where we, we call it the test laboratory. You know, we just throw in the new feature. Let's see if there's a mushroom cloud or not now. Then we push it to the production. So, uh, but what was surprising for me, I, you know, being, I was younger then. I'm over 40 now, but, you know, I was, I considered myself a young guy. And I was like, I'm going to tell these big boys, you know, and girls that, you know, how you should treat your customers and what is a customer journey. But it was a really big learning curve for me to start working. You know, the the first customer we uh, acquired, the turnover was in billions. And you started to learn quite quickly the processes of these big companies and how you need to, you know, manage your security, manage your processes and how long it takes to get into the, you know, the, the process. But what we see then, uh, that that's the first one. But the second one is that the Scandinavia is, um, I, I don't, I hope I'm not offending anyone over here, but I'm pretty sure it's due to the uh, good uh, good weather, you know, the minus 40 to plus 30, so that we are really highly digitalized in construction. And also in the ways we build homes, you have to be very, very good. And, uh, you know, they're not that easy to build as when you go to, let's say, uh, uh, southern Europe where the you know it's always hot so to speak <laughs> yeah so, the, the specification the the tolerances they have to be robust and the triple glazing and things like that exactly and uh, I think uh, you know like uh, these uh, you know the things you just mentioned they do create of course more risks for mistakes in building and that's why you know like a lot of BIM and CAD solutions are coming from Scandinavia and I know for sure that Autodesk is considering like Norway and even Sweden and Finland as kind of like the most advanced markets for their products and they're test driving a lot of their solutions over there so so I, I always keep saying to people that I, I think we have some kind of time machine over here because what we see now in the UK that we've been talking to the developers and builders we kind of see the same thing going on over there that we had with our, uh, you know, customers when we came to the market, that they were either using some uh, online configurator uh, point solution, or they were creating something of their own, which was kind of a, you know website where you you can interact with the customers and get their wishes in, and then you know uh, then continue on the manual process as as business as usual. And uh, I think this was something that took us a little bit time to. Uh, First of all, understand what they were trying to aim. And second of all, you know, adjust our product development map and uh, processes to meet their targets. And eventually, you know, uh, a lot of these builders and developers uh, realized that the customer journey creation, you know, the platform, the tool itself is not their core business. Their core business is to build amazing homes for people, families, Mm -hmm. investors. So they saw that, uh, and this is something that I keep repeating everybody that, you know, we have, uh, I would have to say, 10, 10 of, the, you know, of the 30th biggest uh, developers and builders are, uh, you know, using us or piloting us and so on. So we are developing it together with everyone. So, uh, you know, like one, one of our customers wants to really focus on the digital handover where, you know, where we, you know, produce all the material in a digital format uh, through uh, via our platform. So when they hand the keys, which are physical, this, uh, the customers get all those, uh, you know, user guide, maintenance guys, you know, like instructions and uh, material details and uh, whatever you are obligated to hand over for your home buyers. And then the other one is really keen on the, you know, the, the warranty, the snacking, uh, you know, where you are, you know, because we have customer facing uh, 
tool for that, uh, meaning that you're able to manage the inspections, the moving in inspections, warranty inspections, e-sign processes related to that, uh, releasing your collaterals and so on and so on. And then some of them are really keen on creating that, you know, uh, you know, like how the how how we're gonna manage the customers. Are we gonna do that in with pretty pictures, or are we gonna transfer them to have the entire experience in VR or 3D? And this means that you know, like we are having all this global knowledge of these awesome companies at our disposal, and we're pushing our product forward, and everybody's reaping the benefits without you know letting the secrets out there that maybe they found something that is you know special and unique that they the competition doesn't know but we're able to bring a multiple of those use cases and scenarios into the solution so to answer your question what has changed is that uh, the industry is finally digitalizing and uh, solutions have to uh, be more than solve that one problem that was something that we also my initial thought to just you know solve the configuration but realize quite quickly that, you know, uh, creating, um, it was more creating problems rather than, you know, solving everything if we just, you know, solve the configuration and then move back to the manual work. Mm. Uh, So I I think it's an ongoing process also that uh, I I think we just, uh, how you say, scratched the surface at this point. And uh, I'm really, really, I don't think there's ever been a better time to be in construction. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's. It's. It, like you say, you can't really go into the ecosystem and do one thing because everything is connected, and the the the, the digital transformation has to be holistic. It has to be all in, encompassing. Otherwise, you're going back to pen and paper on part of it, and then you you haven't really solved the the, the whole thing. So. Um, yeah, you you start with a, a little bit, and then you end up having to look at, uh, at multiple multiple functions, um, which it's all time. takes takes time. And the the different integrations, the different switches and panels and dashboards and things that are that are involved. Um, so where do you think we are now? Then I mean, we've had a, an extraordinary eighteen months or so um, with the virus that we're still living with out in society in the in the economy. How has that affected adoption of technology in real estate in construction? And, and where do you see yourselves and your peers at, at, at the moment in uh, in that sort of property economy? Yeah, I think I think it's uh, you know the, it's been terrible 18 months and uh, i i think you guys had it way worse than we had it here in north and uh you know the but life goes on in this case and uh for for the industry and uh i think what it did you know the silver lining in everything as as we say is the 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 acceleration in digitalization i think it was more on the bucket of nice to have or even very nice to have and now it's moved up to the must-have list, and uh, and also they realized that, like you were saying, that you know that uh, it has to be holistic and uh, integrations and so on. So I think this is something that is really coming out loud and clear that we see uh, some uh, actually VCs and funds coming in and uh, you know acquiring smaller players and trying to put them together to create one bigger solution. Or whereas we chose the strategy that we uh, created a cool API and then just straight up contacting any solutions that we see that we're sharing customers and we know that we can both bring bring value to our customers 
and uh, you know just then you know very openly and transparent way you know open up that integration and start moving forward as a as not as, as one company but as a, as a, the customer customer you know our customers builders and developers their uh, you know uh, benefits at you know in the center of everything. So, so do you think we'll get more consolidation? You, you talked about some acquisitions there. There's yeah. been quite a bit of M&A mergers and acquisitions recently. Yeah, I, I can't comment into much details, but uh, I, we know that we are a uh, quite visible player within the space and, uh, uh, you know, like a most widely used uh, solution on the market and definitely a tech lead, which means that we're, we've been uh, of that interest. But we see that... Uh, I think I want, I want to continue the journey where I started out, you know, me and my brothers and my sister, we kind of came up with this idea that, you know, it has to be holistic, has to solve the entire journey. And uh, we're not there yet. And uh, I think so many, uh, so many of these, uh, you know, VCs came to me when I presented in, in early on the, 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 you know, the holistic approach, we were getting a lot of pushback. They said, no, Harry, you have to find that one pain point, that one problem, solve it as well as possible, scale it up. You know, but that's just a, a person outside of the industry, you know, being a, you know, like, um, I'm not naming names, of course, but, you know, like not without in industry experience, you're kind of like, uh, I don't know how to say that, you know, you're treating the, the symptoms, not the actual problem disease in this case, which is the actual, you know, the entire building process. So we, we said to each other that we're not going to sell, we're going to push forward and we're going to see where we can take this. And uh, of course, hopefully we'll be on the other side of the table looking into these uh, other solutions and that we would like to, you know, even acquire. But I think at this point, it's everybody's benefit just to work together, not, not always treat uh, ourselves as competition like in every turn, because I think one of my colleagues said, well, that I don't, Harry, I don't think, Harry, we have to worry about the, you know, that we are, uh, you know, competing uh, each other out of the, you know, the, the business, because the industry, the market, the total accessible market is growing so rapidly that, you know, there's room for multiple players. And I think uh, if we all push it together, I think we can do great things rather than, you know, compete against each other and bigger about these things. Yeah, yeah, and and this is all happening in in property technology in a very rapidly changing world that we've we're living not only with COVID but also with climate change. We're living with changing social values and companies being asked to to address purpose and um, tech for good, uh, which is you know a strong movement that's rapidly becoming more mainstream. It's not all about about profit, um, you, you've got all these these strong market forces that are coming into play. Is that something that is on your agenda? And you think technology has a has a role to play in in addressing some of those those big causes? Yeah, uh, definitely. I, it would be cliche to say that we're you know we're here to save the world. Of course, we are coming out with, uh, you know, like solutions that because, again, we know the materials, we know the quantities. It is easy, easy, easy math to just multiply those and, you know, and see what the CO2, uh, you know, how much that affected your CO2 uh, footprint. So we are, we are uh, pushing this out. Uh, I can't say the exact date, but, you know, meaning that uh, we're able to guide those customers into more responsible decisions. 
Uh, I think people like to say that they're you know climate change uh, aware, but the actions are mostly driven for multiple reasons by economics and uh, you know the money at hand or your preferences of some something. But if you put that number out there visibly, it it can guide the customers towards uh, uh, you know the 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 right decisions. But I think uh, Chris Bond from Bondulus, uh, a UK based company, said it well that. And I, I, I can't remember the exact words, but it's not just the technology, but it's the data. And, you know, technology creates data. And I, I, uh, I was uh, also uh, posted a, a speech or a whatever, a recording about that. You know, the, the data needs to, to be uh, created from day one. You know, when they start planning the city plan or uh, applying for permit, all this data is nowadays just kind of like... Uh, thrown away and then the, everybody starts in their own silos, you know, the next phase and the next phase and not really using the, the information created in previous silos. So I think that, by the way, that's always been our like vision, you know, like break down the silos, you know, like it's easy to yell. So I like it. So uh, it's, uh, I think that's something that we are really looking into it. And especially because we, I'm a strong beam believer, what I like to say. I did say, uh, you know, some someone told me once that I don't believe in BIM. I said I don't think it's a matter of faith anymore. It's a matter of fact, because it's it's a standard ac- adopted by Revit, you know, Autodesk, Archicad, and it's coming gradually, but it's coming along. So uh, I think if we are all agreeing that there's a data format in this case IFC, uh, not just a three D, you know, it's it's a ones and zeros. Uh, you can actually read it on a in a in a word word document if you're clever enough the BIM model. But uh, if we all agree that there's a common language, the BIM in this case, that you know the city planners, the the, the builders, developers, the architects, the subcontractors, site managers, everybody could use even the maintenance crew, you know, rest of the the life cycle of the building. Then we could start using this data, creating this data, using it, and then kind of circling it back to the you know, the, the, the starting point and learn, you know, you, you can't manage anything without data, you know, then it's just guessing. Yeah, it's, there's a lot there that we could talk about. I mean, you mentioned materials and obviously we're reading a lot about supply shortage um, almost in every industry at the moment. We've had a perfect storm of um, things that have, have stopped shipping around the world in, in, in the last last year and that's that's created a lot of a lot of stoppages and pain um and and in inflation on the back of that so I, I guess data and transparency can only help um and may, maybe there's other ways you could tell us that the supply chain can can yeah. benefit through platforms to to combat supply shortage and uh, inflation yeah, it was, a, it was a very interesting talk I had with a major tile manufacturer. Well, actually, uh, our CEO, Henry, Henry had a talk with them, and they told us that uh, since they have a yearly contract with these certain big builders and developers, they have to have at least 10,000 square meters of each tile type they offer, and that's like 2030, uh, at hand all the time because they had no visibility on what's coming on the on the procurement lists. So now we said, okay, what if, because we are comfortable saying that, you know, these uh, especially built to sell properties where these uh, offers are, uh, uh, materials are offered, we would have visibility to, in Finland, on about a half of them, 
down to the you know square meter like which are coming and you get probably the visibility uh, all the way to six to 12 months and they they were just saying that you know like how much they could save in waste because you know not all those tiles are offered anymore so they're you know discarded uh, they would save so much in logistics because they would know you know they could do the chest on time you know the lean uh, you know all these uh, methods they have at their hands but their hands are now tied because they're operating in dark you know like we, we need to have you know I, I don't know how many square meters I remember they they mentioned that the the size of the warehouse I was like that's just there's gotta be a better way so and uh, of course, you know, like going to the waste and uh, in, at the construction site, they are really because they they're doing most of the calculations for the materials uh, manually means that they're really playing it safe because it's it's cheaper and safer for the site to even double the amount needed rather than come short of one percent. That one percent, uh, you know, in construction, you have to do hundred. So uh, that one percent can stop the entire site, you know, not you know, like a little bit extra there but you know what i mean so uh with this uh you know more accurate calculations they would be able to you know lower that percentage they're overing over and meaning that they're safer and uh, the construction sites move forward nicely so we see a lot of you know not just from uh, making customers select those better fabrics and materials uh, uh for from the co2 aspect or other aspects you want to put in there and then also, you know, uh, improving the logistics and information data available for the material providers and logistics and warehouses and so on. So there's a huge things. As, as you can see that we've been covering so many things and uh, you can see, you can hear how excited I get about this. So I luckily I have a team around me that, you know, usually tell me like, Harry, slow down. Let's let's do this now and then let's move to that one and that one. And going back to that, that's one of the reasons that I, I want to keep doing this, that, you know, like this. Every six to twelve months, we have something very exciting coming out. And uh, what's what's next then? What what can we see in the next six to twelve months on product development, but also where where you think real estate generally is going in in, in this sort of subject? It was it was kind of funny that one of my uh, competition in Finland went to podcast and say like the, the the interviewer asked them like what's the vision for five to ten years uh, for you uh, in in the construction side? They said that. You know, all these construction sites would be, you know, like high definition 3D models, dynamic. You can decorate them and configure them and walk around in them. And we're like, yeah, we're soft launching that in August. So, uh, so, so uh, I think that's something that we're really excited about. It's not a hundred percent done yet because we are really cutting the edge of technology here. Uh, we're basing our, uh, you know, using the gaming engine Unity which is, uh, you know, one of the two, you know, Unreal Engine is the other one and Unity is the other one. But what Very they came powerful. out, yeah, it's the, the, the technology there now, it's not a production version uh, yet, but what's coming out now is the uh, beta version that we are writing on is that we have these server farms in the cloud. Imagine like 4,000 pound gaming machine rendering your home in real time. This means that we're able to create that gaming experience with this ray tracing technology and you're able to, you know, insert this design furniture uh, or whatever furniture you want to offer if you're built to rent builder and uh, for your tenants or if you're just investor and renting or if you just want to decorate your home and see what's, you know, how things would fit there. We can then provide you with this path tracing level, uh, which is basically very close to photorealistic at that point. Uh, eventually uh, like screenshots 
So this is going to disrupt the, the visualization on how builders and developers are able to market their homes because nowadays it's more statistic pictures and few example kitchens and fashion pictures. So that's one thing that we are able to uh, you know change in the future. But then, of course, when the ARs, uh, I think it was XYZ, I hope I got the letters in the right uh, order from UK again, I think, uh, and they're working on this very cool uh, worksite helmet that would create the AR, you know, the holograms, so to speak. Uh, and we already support that with HoloLens, so we can create holograms of our own homes. So I think that's something that uh, we're not going to be, you know, robot. we're not going to be in the robotics or 3D printing. Well, maybe we can provide the information for 3D printing, but we see that we are able to now not just to show the, 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 the homes for the home buyers and the and the customer customer success team, but we are eventually able to bring those you know finished homes and spaces, uh, whatever is office even uh, into the construction site at the hands of the the teams over there. And I, I I'm always jinxing it because uh, I don't want to push it too hard out there because we see so much demand for it that we really want to be hundred percent sure that it works well. But uh, if you guys want to hear more about that, just send me an email. I'll be more than happy to talk uh, about the, the, the beta version and the pilots we're pushing out with selected uh, customers. Yeah, no, it sounds brilliant. It sounds brilliant. I mean, you mentioned BIM, which is, um, you know, is, is an amazing, compelling um, theory that has been around for, for 20 odd years and more and, and used by by some architects at first and and it's taken a long time and it doesn't really seem to have caught on in the way that it should have done um and maybe there's an issue to do with actually getting it on site into the the hands of the people that have to you know hit that piece of the the, with that hammer on a monday morning with a hangover and you know getting getting (laughs) these these complex 3d designs actually on site into the the, the, the hands of the guys with the tools has maybe been where it's it's fallen down. But do you do you think that 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 is changing and and we're seeing it becoming more spread yeah. throughout the construction? Yeah, that's an excellent point. And about the hangover part, I think the cultures are very similar. The humor is the same. You know, there's so many similarities with the English and Finnish cultures. I see, but uh, the. The adaptation level of BIM varies so much. And uh, even within the industry, so if you have infrastructure or hospital, you get to see these awesome BIMs, you know, that down to detail. But then when you come to residential, there are various reasons why those BIMs are not applicable for, for the level of uh, the BIM uses that we do. Uh, I'm going to let you know a secret in a second. So it's that, uh, you know, there's no standard way of creating BIMs or, you know, creating those apartment spaces. Uh you know, like for budget reasons or just for timing, uh, timetable reasons, they don't contain kitchen cabinets or anything like that. And uh, some of the simple things like coverings, you know, the wallpapers, the tiles, the wooden floor, those are not actually in the BIM model. You have to create them within the BIM model uh, in order to show them and, you know, manipulate and maintain and, you know, produce quantities on those. And this was something that we saw in Finland also at that point that, no one was able to, because no one knew about it 2012-13 that, you know, the BIM was kind of there. Uh, we heard rumors, but uh, I, I thought, that, okay, it's like, I can't remember what tech company it was like. We know we're betting everything on the fact that maybe five, I don't know, five to 10 years, the BIM will be, you know, they no, no longer be DVG files or PDF files. Everything is in IFC or Revit BIM or Archicad BIM. Uh, 
and so on. So we needed to come up with the technology where we can accelerate this BIM and bring the power of BIM to our customers for without them, you know, actually touching the BIM. So that's why, you know, our our secret sauce, it's well, I think it's quite well known that we actually have our own CAT solution. So that's what we started out from. So we acquired a CAT source code and started building on that. So that means that if you don't have the BIM, you'll just send us the DVG files and we do similar process as the DV, uh, the Autodesk does for their DVG files and we convert them into the BIM model. Or if you have a BIM model that is incomplete, don't worry about it, we'll fix it. We have a production team here in Finland and we can, you know, like you have your kitchen cabinet drawings in IFC, you have your uh, architectural uh, IFCs and you're missing the project structure, you don't have the coverings, don't worry. We have most of that automated and if it's not automated, we have a very skilled teams of engineers over here will make sure that the, the BIM is up to date because we are operating at that level. Like I said, 99% is not accurate. We actually need to have that doorknob of the kitchen cabinet door in a right place and, you know, a right format. So I think uh, we know that there's a lot of uh, players now looking into the BIM and really pushing towards the BIM and, uh, they're all facing the same issue that the BIM models are incomplete and they contain mis uh, mistakes and they're not updated. Uh, you know, in they're not becoming the digital twin that they could be. So this is where we're coming in. And, uh, you know, over the years, as uh, we've been developing our solutions and bringing more and more automation, we're actually at that point that we're not, uh, we're competing with these marketing pictures with our BIM models, which is kind of weird. You, you're, you think of BIM, you think of Solipri, you know, these uh, viewers you have, which are like not even Minecraft level, you know. <laughs> so we started out at the mine, Minecraft level or like one older person said Minecraft level. But now we are beyond that. And then, you know, the sky's the limit now. So uh, I think uh, we we have this internal debate always that should we even mention the BIM uh, because it scares some of the people. But I say that, you know, the bigger and more innovative and the companies with resources are heavily focused, are heavily pushing how to take that BIM and how to make it perfect. And again, going back to the fact that we are, you know, talking all these players across the Europe and globe, even uh, from Middle East to US. And uh, I sometimes feel kind of humbled by the fact that they're asking us that, how do you see that the BIM should be? And how do you, you know, manage your project structure or your rooms and coverings, you know, all this stuff. And uh, I find myself sometimes, you know, kind of like overwhelmed uh, with the, you know, the, the, the I can't say, it. it's like uh, being in that moment where you're actually molding the future with these builders, because these guys have the power to change and dictate how the BIM will be used and what are the standards and the formats the BIM will be using. So I think uh, just to summarize it is that, you know, the adoption of the BIM is not an issue for us, but in general, I really love that it's moving forward in every market that we are in. I mean, like, I can see it from, like I said, from Middle East to US, you know, everywhere the BIM is a topic. You don't, another way to say it, that I don't have to start my pitch anymore to the developers and builders by explaining what BIM is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they get it. We're, we've, we've moved on from the what or the why to the to the how. And I, I think that's that's the case for a, a lot of things now, and on on the the ESG front and things like that. People get what needs to be done. They know the goal. They just need. They're into the how now. How do I get to that goal? 
Yeah. Um, you, you you mentioned earlier on just before we before we wrap up um, about entering the UK market. Can you tell us a, a little bit about your your plans and your steps towards that? Yeah, we, we actually have customers in uh, in Birmingham already, and uh, we just opened up uh, well at, uh, um, our own uh, office, so to speak, in in London. Uh, Charlie Oban just started to, uh, as our business director over there. And uh, we are, like I mentioned, we raised the, the funding earlier this year. We're using that to expand to uh, Scandinavia and uh, Dutch region and especially UK. Uh, for us, you know, the, uh, the language, I hope you, you guys can understand my, uh, my English okay over there. So we love the fact that, you know, like it's the culture is similar. The timing's now perfect because we see the the Corona changed a lot of things, and the, the builders and customer uh, the developers are now focusing heavily on the customer experience. And then we see that you know there's no language barrier, so it makes me uh, happy that I can participate in this process and meet the customers and learn again new things. You know, it's it's everyday learning new things, even though I've been in the business for you know I think I was like 12, 13 when I started working at the construction site uh, for my dad. So. You know, every day learning new stuff, especially nowadays. Yeah. So, yeah. so if you guys want to contact Charlie, uh, Charlie at gbuilder.com or uh, uh, me, uh, Harry at gbuilder.com. And uh, I'm also on LinkedIn. So if you guys want to challenge me on anything I said over here or agree with me, that's also okay. And I'm more than happy to share my opinions. But we'll be also attending uh, Place Resi. Digital Construction Week and London Build, at least. And uh, if you follow us on LinkedIn, you can see uh, the other uh, events that we're participating this year. That's great. And uh, yeah, if you're listening, a reminder, that's Harry with an I um, at gbuilder.com. We look forward to getting out to uh, to the big trade shows as well in, in the autumn and PlaceTech will be there and, uh, and working with partners there as well to uh, showcase what they're doing. That's fantastic. Thank you for joining us, Harry Mayala from GBuilder. And uh, we look forward to covering your your story in the months and years to come on on Place Tech. Thank you.